guys. It's Hannah and Fran, and we are with Getting Down to Digital. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. Oh, no. Uh, let me, how did that get through? I'm on Do Not Disturb. All right, let's try this again. Take seven. Hey, guys. It's Hannah and Fran, and we are Getting Down to Digital. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. Just off frolicking in another state. I'm back in Cincinnati. Yeah, I road tripped out here from Utah two weeks ago. So it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I bet. Where was your favorite place you stopped along the way? Well, I think Colorado's overrated. Okay. But okay. we did only stop in Colorado, Kansas, and Indianapolis. So I would say Rocky Mountain National Park was probably... The highlight. Denver was okay. I like the food, but I'm not in love with the city. I thought Indianapolis was a very nice city, just quiet, very Midwest. Uh huh. I've heard good things about Indianapolis. Yeah, they had good coffee. Okay, we love that. We love caffeine. Yeah. If you go downtown, there's this coffee place called Coat Check Coffee. I had a vanilla oat milk latte ice. And it was the best latte I've had in years. Wow. Yeah. So anyone who's going to Indy, check it out. Thanks, Anna. Great recommendation. Yeah. How about you? You're on a new device. Yes. I have a new laptop. Love it. Apple, MacBook Pro, feeling good. My little and I, we are going to be tutoring together. I have been requested for my math skills, which need to be brushed up a bit. This is fifth grade math. So if any of our listeners have advice or want to send a stress ball or anything like that, you can visit our website. But yeah, it's going to be great. I don't know math very much, but I love this little girl. So we will do whatever it takes to get us into year six, grade six. Mm -hmm. You'll do great. Math is fun. Yeah, it, it certainly is. It makes the world go round. It makes our jobs exist. The internet is math one zero zero one one zero 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 one. Okay, guys. So yeah, life is life is going great. We have a wonderful podcast for you today. Six digital marketing red flags to look for. As you know, green flags are positive, red flags are negative. So these are things you want to look for and avoid. Hannah, can you explain the green, yellow, and red light analogy? Yeah, so I love this analogy. I guess I kind of started hearing about it sometime last year. But basically, in any kind of scenario you might have, there's typically an opportunity to go for it, to wait for further information, or to stop and either, I guess, turn around or wait until it turns green. So I really enjoy this analogy. And I think it also applies for businesses and when a customer is looking and doing their research for a new business they've never worked for. So we could talk about the green lights being great signs of a business. So if this business has tons of great reviews, or there is a lot of evidence of great customer service, if they've been in business for decades of years, or maybe they prioritize a lot of community efforts, or they're very sustainable, or 
they practice something that means a lot to you, those are all really great signs that this business should get your support. And then yellow signs or the yellow light would mean you should probably slow down and do more research before continuing further with this business. And then red, which we're talking about red flags, mainly are signs that you may want to actually avoid doing business with this company until maybe they change their practices or you see evidence of improvement or maybe they might not do that and you just avoid them altogether. But that was kind of the premise of this podcast and thought it was interesting and really applicable to many aspects of a person's life. Oh, I think you're muted. Oh, excuse me. Rookie mistake. That brings us to our first official topic, no content on websites. So what we suggest for folks is if there's not a blog or the blog hasn't been updated in a long time, or the website copy is not of quality, or there's not a whole lot of quality content on the site, that is something that is a red flag. That's something to say, "Mm, I don't know that this business is a high quality business that maybe you thought it was. Do you have any recommendations, I guess, for the frequency of blog posts or maybe how often a business should go over their website copy and revise it? That's a great question. So definitely one of my pet peeves, even though I know we shouldn't have pet peeves in life, is to update the copyright of the footer every year. And that's a big deal to me. If I don't see the copyrighted footer updated, I just assume, you know, if you see someone with uh, dingy clothes on, you can probably guesstimate that they may not have a whole lot of self-confidence or they don't put a lot of effort into themselves. And that's how I feel about little minuscule things like that on a person's website. If they can't put the effort into these small things, how are they really serving me as their customer? So at least yearly, go in and look at, at minimum, go in and just take a full gander of what your website information has on there. As far as monthly efforts, we suggest monthly, bi-monthly, some of our clients, even we blog four times a month. It depends on your market, depends on the saturation, depends how competitive your vertical is. So definitely consider the more blogging you do, the better. We also suggest that if you are doing blogging and want to get found in those Google snippets, you know, where they ask questions, we suggest categorizing your blogs based on snippet questions to really get found and get some momentum around your blogs. Another thing that we would suggest is to send out email marketing campaigns and shout them out to your social media, just consistent, updated copy weekly, monthly is really a great, a great place to start. Oh, and that also kind of made me think about using real images rather than stock images or trying to, I guess, prioritize getting updated images. If you've been in business for decades, you can basically tell if an image was taken 10 years ago versus the quality of images today. Yeah. And so that's also something to consider if you're not really looking for a website redesign, but maybe a refresh You can update the copy and swap out some images and give it a fresher, cleaner look. 
cool. Thanks, Anna. You're welcome. And then the next red flag is if a business has no reviews or a lot of bad ones. So I kind of wanted to break this down into yellow and red because no reviews doesn't necessarily mean that a company is bad in essence. It could just mean that they're a new business or they're in a very specific niche that has a harder time getting reviews. We have a lot of industrial manufacturer representatives and manufacturers too, and they don't typically get a whole lot of reviews. So that's something to consider if that is the business you're looking at, someone that may not get as much B to C business. So that would be a yellow in my mind, but a red would be if there are a ton of reviews that are bad. And this is also something where you need to consider the quantity and the quality of the bad reviews. So every business will get bad reviews at some point in their life. But it kind of depends on how the business addresses this bad review and tries to mitigate the situation or add clarity to what the reviewee is saying if they are off base. And if there are only a couple bad reviews sprinkled in a couple hundred, then that's really not a bad thing. But if every review a business has is bad, that could be a red flag. Definitely something when you were talking about the yellow with no reviews, something I have noticed if a business doesn't have, in addition to what you said, Mm -hmm. if a business doesn't have any reviews and I have visited that establishment, I often find that the owners or the people working there are so sweet, but perhaps the service or the product isn't up to snuff and nobody wants to hurt their feelings or it's family owned and they don't write their feedback. So I have definitely noticed that if the people are really sweet, there's not a whole lot of feedback and maybe Mm. they don't offer the best service. There's like five or six businesses in Tampa that's I've noticed that. It's kind of interesting. Mm. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, I feel like I should probably be a bit more review heavy. I really just look at reviews if I'm going out to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in most other instances, I kind of just go and experience it. And honestly, I don't really go out much, if I'm being honest, (laughs) to establishment. Traveling. Yeah, she's doing other things. I'll look at trail reviews on all trails, but I don't typically look up just normal business reviews, which I could probably be better about and better about leaving reviews. I feel like I might go to a place and think it's awesome and I don't leave a review. Yeah, I need to do better too. It's a good reminder for all of us. Yeah, but on the Airbnb app, I always leave reviews. So that's at least something. Um, Another thing I was thinking about is Fran is so good at, well, answering reviews, but also when negative reviews, let us know what your process is in addressing the negative reviews. Thanks, Hannah. Well, I learned from my shrink, good, bad, good. So whenever you talk to somebody who is not pleased with you, your business, you lead with something good. Hey, Roger, thanks so much for leaving your feedback as we value it very much so. Good, bad. So then you go into, as you can imagine, reviews are a pillar of our business and we value the information that you're saying. However, this isn't the visit that we experience, but 
here's where the good comes in. Then you come back, circle it in. We are so sorry for the experience you had. We are willing to hear more about your visit as we strive to provide a five-star visit for everybody who enters. Give us a call and we look forward to helping you. So I find that the formula good, bad, good works not only on Google, but it works in your personal relationships too. So Hannah, that's a good question. Nice. Great. Thanks for answering. Sure. The next red flag is no social media platforms. This one definitely I can relate to because I find that exercise clothing is a very interesting online market. And there are tons of independently owned gym clothing manufacturers. And you're really not sure if the businesses are legitimate half the time. Sometimes they're in Australia because there's a big Instagram, you know, star market over there. So what I typically do in this gym clothing market is I look on the bottom of these websites to see their social media following. If they have social media, they're posting regularly. If their customers are asking for shipping questions, if their customers are asking about return policies and you see the business responding, you guys should see me today. I'm talking so much with my hands. I'm so Italian. Mm -hmm. If you see that there is correspondence and some engagement on these platforms, you feel much more comfortable to buy from a company. I mean, I have to say, or if you go to a business and you're like, I'm thinking about choosing them. And let's say they're a skincare business and they haven't posted on their social media in a year and a half, their reviews are unresponded to and their blogs six months old. You just Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of faith. And that would include, like I said, their social media, if it's neglected, doesn't look very good. It really tells me a lot about a business. So um, no social media platforms would be a red flag here. I would also agree with that. There's just so many spammers out there these days. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow have built a following, but you can kind of look out for different mistakes. If they're live grammatical errors and whatever they're posting, or if you recognize Like they sometimes steal videos and pictures from different influencers and promote it as their own product. So just keep an eye out for that. And yeah, I would agree with you about having a social media platform that actually is well-kept and well-updated builds trust because I am much more likely to buy from them. Yeah. Cool hands. Take it away on our next one, girlfriend. Our next one is if you are unclear what that business even does and how they can help you. So this is where the business can do a better job about promoting their products and service and being clear on what they do and how they can help you. Because if you're going on the website and you have no idea what they even sell, that is definitely a red flag because you can't see if they are even able to help you or diagnose your problems. So Be mindful of that and use your website or your social media platforms as a way to tell customers quickly who you are. And then if you want to delve deeper, you can have an about page that kind of gives the history of your company and any product pages or service pages you have obviously can lend help to add any clarity that a customer might have. But definitely make what you do very clear. Perfect, Anna. 
Our next one, no clear CTAs on your website. Big red flag. One thing I look for is if I'm contemplating using a business, I will go to Google and I will do the at symbol and the URL string to see if they have any email addresses associated with their URL in Google search engine. So if they don't have clear calls to action on their website, I'm thinking they're not easy to get a hold of online. Why? So then I go to Google and I try to find some email addresses or try to find some specific way to contact them. And then if I don't have luck there, I definitely am not apt to use the business. Another thing is if they don't have their address, I find that suspicious. Like if they don't reference their city state, at least I can appreciate the businesses working from home now and, and all of that. But I do appreciate a demographic locator of some kind. I think it, it adds value and trust. But again, these are sort of my opinions. But also, I mean, I've been in this business for 17 years. Upright's been around for 26, five, something big. And so I feel like we know what to look for as far as CTAs go. And why wouldn't you make it easy to contact you? So big red flag mm -hmm. if you don't do a lot of CTAs on a website. And then the next one and last one would be potentially if a business has too many sponsorships or paid advertising. And I think this has become big with all the social media platforms and the different sponsored ads and posts that just pop up even if you're not really looking for something and this can be kind of a I guess for me it may seem unauthentic potentially if you're getting several people just reviewing an item and saying you should buy it and knowing it's sponsored can alter their opinion of a product if they're being paid to speak about it especially in this world of influencers and so that's just something to keep in mind, like sponsorships and paid advertising aren't bad and they definitely help with visibility and getting your business out there. But be mindful of maybe the number of sponsorships you send out to different influencers or how many ads you're running. They can be really expensive to maintain. So be mindful of that. And we definitely promote getting found organically over using a ton of pay-per-clicks or advertising, but that can definitely help supplement your business, but we don't want it to be your everything. That's right. And we are on the free version of Zoom, so we're down to two minutes. Amazing. We have two paid accounts. We have one free. Look <laughs> at us. We like a challenge. Uh-huh. So now we have two, two minutes to close it out. We do. I do have a positive note. And Hannah, uh -huh. you're amazing. Thanks for organizing us. I was thinking about Pam Grout during this interview. She's a new author I've started following. But she starts her day as do I with a post-it on my mirror that says something amazingly awesome is going to happen to me today, which already has. But I encourage all of you guys to start your day with that quote. It has changed my life exponentially in the last two weeks. Something always amazingly awesome happens to me. Hannah, what is something amazingly awesome that's happened to you lately? I guess just being able to reconnect with people here and meeting new people all over the country. It's really nice having connections everywhere and then just getting to see those people when you're in the area but still have 
that like relationship when you're not there. Like, I've mm-hmm. definitely come to appreciate that. I have several friends where like, I might not see them for many months or even several years, but when we do get together, it's like exactly where we left off. So that's really sweet. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, guys, think about what is something amazingly awesome that's happened to you lately. And we so value your listenership. And Hannah, once again, thanks for organizing us. And we'll be back soon for another great topic. All right. See you soon. Bye.